Hello and welcome to You Just Got Homeschooled. This is RJ and today I want to talk about the difference between good enough and perfect. Now, I am personality-wise a little bit of a perfectionist. Um, Not as bad as some, but still there are certain things that really bug me when they're not perfect. For example, um, I was sitting in church today and my bulletin whoever folded it, I'm, in fact, I think I know who folded it, did a pretty good job. They were pretty close, but I had to fix it. I had to fix the fold so that the paper was near perfect. And some of you, that may not bother, right? It doesn't bother you at all. Um, when things are a little bit crooked um, off of like posters or pictures, those things kind of bother me. Um, when things are not consistent, when they're supposed to be like size and shape, those things bother me. Um, you know, but, and then also when I'm writing, I don't write very often because I don't really enjoy it all that much, but when I do write, um, I will often rewrite a particular line. I would say probably on average twice, but if it's a really important thing that I'm trying to say, I might rewrite it four or five or six times in order to get the right words in the right order to get the right thing, you know, communicated. So, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Um, And if you have ever heard of Myers-Briggs, like the personality types, um, they're not as scientific as like the big five or, you know, but um, I would say they're probably more scientific than like otter. I think it's like otter, golden retriever, and there's a couple other animals, you know, or colors. There's a bunch of different personality profiles. In the Myers-Briggs, they're all you can go look it up, right? Google it. Myers-Briggs personality test. You can go get yours for free. Um, but I'm an INTJ, which is interesting because one of the things that's a characteristic of INTJs is that they're being perfectionistic. There's a lot of them. Um, and if you want to go read that profile, you'll probably get a pretty good baseline of the kind of person I am. Um, but that's beside the point. So there's a bit of perfectionist tendencies that I have. Um, My wife is very similar. She has perfectionist tendencies in different places than I do. Um, Things that bother her don't bother me and vice versa oftentimes. But I've learned both as a student and as a teacher that good enough is kind of an important concept uh, because not everything has to be perfect. Now, as an example of this, when I first moved to the city I live in, um, I was in high school. I was with my parents, obviously. And we moved into this new home, and my parents had bought the house before it had been built, right? Because it was in a, like a track home, a, a housing development. And I remember going through the house when it was still in its like when it, you know nothing there, concrete pad and like basic framing, and then oh, the, so on and so forth. But what I noticed was the number of nails that are used. Now. If you're shooting for perfect, you're trying to keep your costs low. You're trying to make sure you don't overuse nails. You're trying to make sure that every cut is correct, right? The measure twice, cut once principle. And yet it seems when they're making these mass-produced homes, um, there's a good chance that your house is basically slapped together with rough-cut lumber um, in the sense that it's not that there isn't any craftsmanship, but... When it comes to like walls and ceilings, you can cover over a lot of small mistakes with enough nails. So, 
And, and at first I thought, well, why would you do that? Like that seems frustrating to me. But then I realized that there's this cost benefit ratio, right? So I can make sure every single piece that is cut on my job site is perfect and recut it if it's not to make a very high quality home. But the difference between doing that and having a very like quote unquote high quality home where every piece fits together perfectly and spending an extra, you know, 2000 nails on a house, I'm going to have to spend tons of extra lumber, tons of extra man hours um, in order to get that, that kind of perfection. And in all reality, the house is pretty close. It's probably like 93% as structurally sound and as good. And, and in some cases, we live in an earthquake country, so it might actually be more structurally sound, but there's a little bit more wiggle room. And so I can, I can as a developer, uh, spend the extra money to make everything fit perfectly together. Um, the man hours, the, the wood, all that kind of stuff. And that I would suspect, I'm just going to ballpark for the sake of argument, let's say it costs you 50% more to build it that way as opposed to the way that they're, or they are built normally. The problem is, is I can't get a 50% increase in, in the price that I sell the house for. So instead, I might put in this extra 50%, but then the buyers only might only pay an extra 10% or 15%, even if shown the process, because they don't understand, because most of the time people who build houses or buy houses are not builders and they don't understand how it works. And I think that goes for a lot of other things. And I know that even in high school, I started to cultivate this difference in understanding between good enough and perfect. Um, and it, it had to do with studying. Um, I have always been kind of quick uh, like on, on the uptake, I don't have to repeat things over and over again most of the time in order to get them, especially if they're interesting to me, they just kind of stick. And so, but I learned in high school in particular, like I was never a straight A student, not once in my entire career until my freshman year of high school. I was always kind of a B or C student. And it wasn't that I didn't work hard. It was this exact concept. The difference for me between a 92% and a 98% on let's say a five page paper might be five hours. But the difference for me between a 75% and that 92% might be 30 minutes. And so I would often make the good enough decision, right? It, it's really not that important. Um, in my mind, I'm, I'm not shooting for straight A's per se. I would, I would like them, but Am I willing to work an extra X amount of hours in order to get a little bit extra on my grade when really it still shows up as an A? And so I would make that decision. And so, and I think that's important for us to understand because sometimes you just kind of have to do that. Like, one, because people aren't always the same um, and their ability is different. But, But two, what is perfection buying you and why are you doing it? Now, there are some things that require perfection. There are other things that don't. If you're baking a cake for dessert just to eat it, it's okay if it's a little ugly because it's just there to eat. Um, We have this, my daughter in particular likes to watch um, the Great British Bake Off. 
which is a television competition series where they have a bunch of Brits in Britain, you know, go through multiple weeks. I think it's 10 weeks of baking challenges. And there's at least three challenges per like episode week. And there's all these things I've never heard of that they're baking. And it's not because I, I don't want to have heard of them or they don't look delicious, but I often look at the time they spend doing them and the amount of work it takes to do it. And I realize that Americans, um, by and large, we're willing to double the quantity as long as it doesn't double the work. And so I look at something they make and I go, that looks delicious. Like I would love to eat that, but if I were to have to make it, I'm willing to make cupcakes because cupcakes are 70% the work and you know 50% the time and they taste 80% as good. And so that sounds ridiculous and it probably is. But in all reality, that's how, we, how life works. And so and it works the same thing with academics, or at least I think it does. I think we have to be careful when we're teaching our kids, or when we're instructing them, or when we're even just encouraging them to pursue something, to recognize when it is worth investing in perfection and when it's actually better to get kind of 80% competent in something or 90% competent. Um, and not seek that perfection. Now, for example, the violin, in my opinion, is a beautiful instrument. I love listening to the violin. I think it like it's the heart and soul of like an orchestra. And anyone who plays other instruments, I'm sure, is going to be very upset with me for that. Um, I don't play an instrument, so I don't really have skin in this game. But I've always thought that the that the violins are are amazing. But I've also learned. That until you're good, you aren't good. Uh, I call it killing cats. It sounds like you're killing cats because you just scratch and screech. And, and I remember listening as when I was a teacher, we had a you know like an orchestra on our campus, like a um, student orchestra. And you know these students, some of them are are pretty good, but of the three or four violinists, you could hear that some of them weren't very good, even though they may have been playing for you know, five years or more. Um, there's still certain notes that they hit wrong. And so, but, so that's something that requires perfection. You have to be really, really good. But you can get away with a lot with a guitar. Not because a guitar is necessarily any inferior than a, than a violin, but you can get away with more. You know, you can sit down and learn the guitar relatively quickly from what I understand. And play a few songs and play them adequately that people recognize what they are and they sound relatively good. I know multiple people who um, can't read music but can read a chord sheet and, you know, just kind of practice the chords and play with enough fluency that they're, you know, you can convince people that you know how to play the guitar. Which you do, just not in the way that you would if you had studied guitar, like classical guitar or something like that. So we have to be careful as teachers to... Seek perfection when it's necessary and not seek it when it's not. And sometimes it's hard to figure that out. And sometimes it depends on the individual student. Now, we have the benefit as homeschoolers of looking at our, you know, knowing our kid and knowing when are they capable of more and what's it going to cost them. So we can sit there and say, well, this is the bar I require you to meet, right? This is the minimum level that I want you to meet. And I think that's a good thing to do for them, to have them say like, well, you really have to know your multiplication tables, right? You really have to read fluently um, at this level. But 
And then maybe, you know, how far can they take it, like, without too much extra work? And then what is it going to cost them for that last bit? Is it going to cost them an extra five hours for an extra 5% point gain? Is it worth it for this particular thing? If they get all of their times tables from 1 to 15 and they miss 3 or 4, but they can do multiplication um, long form just fine and, and functionally they get it all, and they know that they have these troubles, is it really worth drilling them over and over and over again until they get all of them right every single time from like rote memory? And I would say probably not. Just because, one, certain things fade with time, and two, if they can do the math and they can do it long form when they're not sure of an answer, then... It's okay. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't be satisfied with that if it was like they can do 1 through 6 and they make a few mistakes. Or maybe even 1 through 12 and they make a few mistakes. But 1 through 15 or 1 through 20, like just knowing those off the top of your head, sure. If they're reading a, reading a book or you're having them read a book that's above their level of reading and they're not able to make out all the words, um, but they're willing to go look them up or, or ask, you know, I feel like that's good enough. And I think it's important for us to allow good enough as parents, as educators, um, especially as kids are developing. Because as they're growing, as they're learning, there is a, a version of success which is actually motivating when it's saying, no, I did it and I did it adequately. Not perfectly, but adequately. Right? At the end of the day, if you look at life, None of us are perfect parents. None of us are perfect spouses. None of us are perfect people. But what we're striving for is to kind of just pass muster, right? I know my kids will not be perfect because neither one of their parents is perfect. But if they make a diligent effort and they show consistent progress, it's worth celebrating the good enough, right? I like baking, but I'm never going to put myself in a position where I have to compete against someone who's a really great baker because it's just not worth it to me. To be an adequate baker is worth it, right? To be an adequate X, Y, or Z, a fill in the blank, right? And, And that also sometimes takes intention. Maybe, you know, their goal is to be, I don't know, take some heavy math career, right? Uh, a, not an accountant, that's not even high enough, like an engineer and, They need to be able to calculate things quickly. Well, maybe that's worth seeking perfection. But if they're doing that, they're probably not also going to be seeking, you know, simultaneously a career in psychology. In which case, maybe it's okay if they score an 80% on the test. Right? As long as they showed effort and they're, they're able to get the gist of it. And so I think it's important for us to just be, to, to allow for a satisfaction level of good enough in certain categories and recognize that they still may grow. My 10 year old, I don't expect her to gather everything or to grasp everything at a high school level because she's not there yet. Physically, her brain is not there yet. And then on top of that, there's still stuff in the way. And maybe it's just one of those things that it's good enough for right now and it won't be good enough for the future. 
But our kids grow, right? When they first walk, they kind of stumble and fall a lot. We're not like, what does perfect walking look like? Never falling? Well, that's not really fair because, you know, the chances are when we all get old, we're going to fall, right? And it's not because we haven't spent a long time walking. It's because it's a hard thing to do, right? Walking is, is far more complicated, especially as, as you change. And so I kind of want to just leave you with that concept, that idea that sometimes the goal should not be perfection. Perfection is almost always unattainable. Better, right? Having a mindset that says, I'm, I'm always going to pursue better, that's one thing. But to, to hold yourself, to hold your kids, to hold the people around you to perfection is not fair to them and it's not fair to you. Because your kids are sitting there going, why is this not good enough? Right? Why is it not good enough that I... Now, granted, there may be bars that need to be reached, and they're just using it as an excuse. That's a complete possibility. But sometimes it's just like, okay, this is good enough for now. This is a good try, good attempt, good progress. We're not going to stay here, but we're going to let it go for the next moment. You know, let, for the next, till next time, basically. Right? I'm a fisherman. I have been fishing hundreds of times, maybe more than that. I haven't counted. Um, it is only probably in the last seven years or so that I have felt like I catch fish more regularly than I don't. Meaning that if I go out to go fishing, I actually catch something as opposed to not catch something. But it takes practice. It takes the, the, the good enough, right? I went out, I tried, and I failed. I went out, I tried, and I sort of succeeded. I went out, and I tried, and I grew. I learned new things. It's good enough. Sometimes it's good enough to try. Sometimes that kid deciding that they're going to kind of wipe away the tears... And attempt that word problem again is in itself, in and of itself, a victory. Even if solving that word problem correctly doesn't happen, that would be perfection, right? Maybe it's good enough for right now. And you can come back to it in 10 minutes or an hour or tomorrow or in a couple of days. Say, like, okay, we're not going to let this problem go. We're going to come back to it. And so I just want to introduce that concept to your mind. I think that it's something that has been very, very impactful for me. When I allowed myself, um, and I'm trying to do it more and more in my life, actually, allowed myself to say progress over perfection, right? Good enough for right now. It's good enough. That has freed me up from a lot of stress and a lot of overbearing overbearing feelings um, when I write emails and I'm concerned about things. Um, or even as a parent, just as, as a parent of homeschoolers and kids being like, you know what? I'm trying. And, you know, do I go off the handle and yell at my kids sometimes? Yes. But am I doing it less now than I did a year ago? Yes. Okay. Progress. Progress over perfection. Someday, I still won't be the parent I want to be. But I'll be a better parent than I was when I started. And I think that's the same thing we need to tell ourselves as homeschoolers, homeschool parents, as individuals. We need to teach our kids that same mindset that sometimes, most of the time, the goal is perfection, but you're never going to reach it because we're human. Okay, so I hope you like that episode. Um, I know that it's kind of a weird topic, seemingly, um, and but it's one of those things that was kind of on my heart and on my mind as I recognize uh, my own failures as a parent, as a homeschool dad, as a, an employee, 
as a spouse, as a human being, and recognizing that sometimes it's just encouraging to realize, let's take a look back, walk down memory lane and go, but what is, was I like this last year? Have I made progress since such and such? And to have that affirmation that yes, it's not perfect, but it's better. All right, so um, please like, subscribe, hit the buttons or the stars, leave a review if you would like. Um, follow us on Instagram, Homeschooled Podcast. I think I got it right this time. And go check out our website, which is youjustgothomeschooled.com. Thanks and have a great day.